Happy Hue is a wellness philosophy aiming to inspire a deep self-exploration towards an optimal life. I deliver thought-provoking content and experiences anchored in the ideas of neuroplasticity and Carol Dweck's idea of a growth mindset. My method focuses on the brain, the mind, the body, and the soul to empower you to discover your own approach to health and well-being. For those who don't know me, my name is Tasha. By training, I am a group instructor and nutrition coach who's worked at some of Singapore's leading boutique fitness brands like F45, House Athletics, Absolute Cycle, and currently at Barry's Singapore. Graduating with a bachelor's in philosophy, I have never been able to separate myself from a need to answer life's big questions. Entering the wellness industry in 2015, I became aware of how challenging it is to investigate what's required to optimize our well-being in and beyond physical health. The Happy Hue is a culmination of my passions towards understanding what real wellness means. To find out more, go to www.thehappyhue.com. Let me be your guide in exploring practical philosophies around uncovering your truest potential. Hello, hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Happy Hue podcast. So today's episode, we'll talk about the lies the diet and weight loss industry wants you to believe. Now, let's give you all some context about my experience with these two industries. Now, first of all, I do believe that the weight loss and diet industry tends to tread a very fine line along the health and fitness industries. Sometimes it might look like it's all one industry, especially to novices or people, beginners or people who aren't really familiar with the industry. And I am talking also from personal experience. Before I entered the fitness industry, I was just like anyone out there consuming a lot of content online. Um, I was one of those people that was obsessed with losing weight, especially after I gained 10 kilos in my first year of university. Um, I was also starting to diet when I was in middle school, which is between the ages of 11 to 13. And so I was just like any other person out there concerned with their weight, having body image issues, insecure about the way I looked because I was chubbier when I was in middle school. I had a lot of weight fluctuations throughout my life. I've been called too skinny. I've been called too fat. I've been called too muscular. I've been called too bony. I mean, honestly, I've realized over the years that people are going to say what they're going to say. People have their preferences on the body type. But as long as you're good with your body, that's all that matters. Because someone out there is not going to like how you look. And that's their problem, not yours. And that's just how I approach things now. As long as I'm happy with my body, whatever anyone else thinks shouldn't really matter. Of course, caveat, if you yourself and or if I myself am doing healthy things for myself. Anyway, that was a little bit of a detour. So to give you a little bit of context, like I said, I was really obsessed with trying to lose weight. So I 
have fallen for all this marketing. I have fallen for all the products out there. I mean, I'm telling you, I use, I've done, I'm going to go through what I've done in the past, okay? I've done the hydroxycut stuff. So hydroxycut is, you know, the weight loss pills that tells you that, it, you know, it's going to help you lose weight and all of that. But what that what that pill is basically is just high doses of caffeine um, that which you take, you know, before a workout and it it's supposed to burn more calories, but it's because the high dose of caffeine in hydroxycut is probably what's getting your heart rate up. And to be fair, if you're doing that and you're doing like a high intensity exercise, it's probably not advisable because your heart rate is going to shoot to the shoot through the roof and it won't be healthy for you. And especially if you're in the older generations, it might actually increase your risk of a heart attack, things like that. So just be aware when you're taking a lot of these pre-workouts or post-workouts, whatever it is, just read the labels, be aware of what's in it, what's going to do to your body. Because at the end of the day, these products are out there to make profit. So question, question, question. That is always my approach nowadays on the intent and the genuineness of what they're selling you and the message they're selling. So I've done the hydroxy cut thing. I've done the cayenne lemon pepper juice. I mean, sorry, detox drink where you're supposed to drink cayenne water, cayenne pepper and lemon for a week every day. And that's all you, that's all you drink to lose weight. And to be fair, that's prob that you're probably, if you stick with that, you are probably going to lose the weight, right? But you're probably not going to be in a healthy state. You're going to be really irritable. Your body is going to be in a survival mode because you're hungry. And on top of that, you are likely going to gain some weight back immediately after you eat because most of what you're losing is just water weight. So I've done that. I've done um, the vegan diet. I've done tried the keto diet. I've tried the no-carb Atkins diet. I've tried being strict prescatarian, mostly just fish and vegetables. I've done juice fasting. I've done the, you know, where you subscribe to a, a diet plan and then they send you meals every day when they'll send you, you know, you can choose, but you can get some like breakfast, lunch or dinner. I've tried that. I've tried. And then now let's move on to the weight loss industry where I've tried. I remember <laughs> This is actually really funny. I can't believe I did this, but I remember with a friend of mine, because we were so obsessed with trying to lose weight, we went to this, well, this weight loss spa where I went to this spa and basically it promises you, I can't remember what the exact number was, but it promised me that after, you know, three sessions, I was going to lo lose X amount of weight and I believed it. So what they did is they wrapped you in cling wrap yes 
this is what I did. I wrapped myself in cling wrap. They made you go on an elliptical while you're wrapped in the cling wrap. You're supposed to sweat out all your fats or whatever and lose weight. I did not lose weight. I lost probably a lot of water weight and a lot of water because I was dehydrated, likely. And that really didn't achieve anything. I spent money on nothing, basically. Um, I've tried the when you go to a slim spa and then they do that, put that gel thing on you and then they use the machine to supposedly burn your fat. I don't know what it was, to be honest, but I don't know. I did I did all of this, right? And all of this was just to lose weight. And a lot of the methods here, obviously, were quick fixes. It promised quick weight loss. And I believed it. I paid money and I tried it and nothing worked. And what was really interesting, to be honest, is sometimes I think back to this idea of why are we such why are we in such a rush to lose weight? If we have our entire lifetime to lose weight and if we have our entire lifetime to get healthy, why 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 are we in such a rush? Why does it need to happen quickly? Why can't it happen gradually in a healthy way? Or the other question that I have now is why are we so obsessed with losing weight unless unless we're in a you know in a state uh where our weight is risking our health in a danger zone then what is really the necessary need to lose weight i understand that a lot of what we value as a society and as cultures is that we want to be slim, we want to be skinny, we want to be lean, but not too lean, right? Then when you're too lean, you're not, you don't want to be too muscular. There's all these standards of beauty that is definitely ingrained in, in much of the world and plenty of societies. But that's definitely a topic that I want to get into on another episode about why we value being skinny so much. But it's worth noting now about this idea of why we value being skinny so much and why as a culture and as a society we are so obsessed over it and on top of that why it needs to happen so quickly if we have uh, when we actually have our entire lifetime so now i want to start to go through the different things the different lies that i used to believe and these were messages and beliefs that were marketed through the diet and weight loss industry. I think one of the biggest, biggest, biggest fallacies is that fat is our number one enemy. There's a huge, this huge idea, this huge belief that fat is something that we need to push out of our body, that we need to get rid of. And too much fat is not good for us. We know that. But did you know that fat is actually necessary? Did you know that the six major roles that fat has in our diet is to provide us with energy? In fact, it's the most energy-dense macronutrient, helps make and balance hormones, particularly our steroid hormones. And then it helps us forms our cell membranes, forms our brains and nervous systems, 
It helps transport the fat-soluble vitamins like vitamins A, D, E, and K. And it gives us two fatty acids that we can't make on our own like linoleic acid. I'm probably not saying that right. And linoleic, linolenic acid. I'm probably not saying that right. But you can Google what that does. And again, this is information that I uh, have had that I've read through the Precision Nutrition course. And we need fat. We thrive best on a mixture of fat types that occur naturally in different types of food. We want relatively equal balance of mix of fat types. And we should be eating fats from naturally derived sources like nuts and seeds, eggs, fat, fatty fish like salmon, poultry, avocado, dairy, olives, extra virgin olive oil. There's plenty, plenty, plenty of fat, good fat sources out there that healthy fat sources that we can pay attention to and include into our diet. But I want to really debunk this myth that fat is our enemy. And especially for the ladies out there, we need more fat than men because fat is what helps us thrive. So especially in the reproductory sense, we actually need more fat in our body in order to reproduce if that's the stage of life that we're in. We need more fat in our breasts. We need more fat in our body because that's just how nature made us to be. So just to give you some idea on the ranges, the average ranges of body healthy body fat percentages. So in women, the average is around 25 to 31%. For men, it's about 18 to 24%. For people who are more active, it's about 21 to 24%. For women, 14 to 17% for men. And then for athletic people, it's around 14 to 20% for women and 6 to 13% in men. Now, this really gives you a general idea on what the role, the crucial role that fat plays in our body and in keeping us alive. And the other thing is also that, did you know that eating fats releases satiety hormones? So what that means is just helping us feel fuller. So getting the right, eating the right fats from the right sources is what we want to focus on. It's not to cut out fats completely. And this is what I think one of the lies that I used to believe from the diet industry. So that's something that I really want to debunk. And another thing that the diet and weight loss industry have demonized is our carbohydrates. First of all, I want to highlight the fallacy of the carbohydrates where most people, including myself, before I started to learn about nutrition properly, assume that carbohydrates are the typical things that we think of as like grains, rice, bread. And did you know that actually vegetables and fibers and sugars and starches are what carbohydrates are. So carbohydrates is actually a macronutrient which includes these groups. So it's again fiber, starches, and sugars. And in the digestion system, when you eat something, when you eat a carbohydrate, it will be it will be converted into glucose, which is the main source of energy in the body and to other blood sugars. So carbohydrates are not evil. They're not something that we need to avoid. They're not something that we shouldn't eat on a regular basis because carbohydrates is 
our source of energy, our one of our main sources of energy. And this is so important to realize that carbohydrates is not just rice and what we typically think of. And this is something that has been, I think, misled through the weight loss and the diet industry that we need to understand and correct. So I think even from these two points, you're already starting to understand how misleading marketing and the messaging in the weight loss industry can be. I think it's really important to always, always, always think about anything that we consume, any information that we consume, whether it's from marketing, whether it's from advertising, whether it's from the internet, even this, if you want my podcast, we have to think about it anything that we consume nowadays critically, because especially, especially, especially in the diet and weight loss industry where there is a bottom line that they're thinking about where there's profits to gain, we need to think about the intentions. We need to think about why people are or why companies' products are sending these messages because they're trying to tap into that insecurity that we have, right? Like I used to be really insecure about my weight and how I looked. So all the messaging, all the all the messaging of the diet and weight loss industry is really tapping into those human insecurities and really preying on these insecurities and weaknesses that we have in order to get us to buy their product or go through their program or whatever it is and to gain profits, basically. Of course, that is not how every company and every brand and every product out there is. There are, especially nowadays, a shift in the tide and there are definitely more genuine players out there but it's important to highlight that we need to now be consumers who are critically thinking about these things and the other things that I used to fall for is cereals cereals have always been notoriously marketed as a healthy food I used to have cereal for breakfast all the time I had you know the honey stars I had Lucky Charms, Cocoa Puffs, uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, uh, what else, Cheerios. I mean, I've had it all. And I know that my mom used to serve me these things thinking because it was, you know, this is going to provide me with vitamin blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to get my my fix of whole grain. And maybe it does have some of that in it. But just pay attention to the sugar content. Sugar, sugar, sugar. It is one of the biggest things that most uh, that a lot of food companies put into their products. So just highlight, just look at it. And if you're fine, you know, if I'm, it's okay, right? If let's say I'm, if I'm grabbing a Snickers bar, I know that there's going to be sugar in that. And I'm not anti-sugar totally. I'm trying to reduce my sugar intake, but I know it's not realistic for me at least to cut out sugar totally. And so I'm just much more realistic. It's not that I don't eat cereal. I eat cereal, but I fully am aware now of what cereal is, right? It's not, especially certain types of cereal are definitely not as healthy. Some are just as dangerous or what you want to call it as high content in sugar as as a dessert. So just know what you're eating. And I'm not saying that you can't eat it. I'm just saying be aware of what you're eating. So I used to think that cereals and granolas were healthy. But please, 
understand how much sugar goes into granola, let's say. If you look into the recipe, just Google um, the recipe for a granola mix, right? Just look at how much sugar content there is. And sometimes there's even butter involved. There's sometimes different types of sugar. So there'd be maple and dark brown sugar, or there'd be normal sugar and something else. But granola, although mistakenly thought of as a healthy snack, is not the healthiest thing. It has some good stuff in it, obviously. It has the oatmeal, it has the nuts, but it's also coated in a lot of sugar. So again, just be aware. I'm not saying don't eat it. I'm just saying be aware of what you're eating. And it's go, go, same goes this. Uh, it goes the same with the protein bars, the granola bars that you get in the supermarket or anywhere else. Sometimes these granola protein bars has the same amount of sugar and fat content as your Snickers bar or your Crunchy. And Here's the thing. I'm again. I'm not saying that you can't eat all of this. It's just that I think sometimes it's very misleading, right? When you're thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna reach for this healthy snack," but then actually the calories and the fat and the sugar content are exactly the same as a Snickers bar or a chocolate bar that you were. So you might think that you're eating something healthy, but in fact you're eating candy. So just be aware of your ingredient list. Pay attention to that. And these are just some of the things that I've learned over the years because I I fell for it. I used to have a lot of these sugary snacks thinking that, oh, I'm eating something, I'm eating a healthy snack. And then I wonder, why am I not losing weight? It's because it's eating a lot of sugar, basically. So I think some general guidelines in terms of paying attention. I think these are just strategies that I've created over the years for myself and that I find uh, will be beneficial to anyone who wants to just be more aware of what they're eating and staying aware to the lies that the diet and the weight loss industry might make you that, that, that try to trick you into. Right. If they're selling something and they're saying that you can lose weight fast by taking a certain product, you want to just question the legitimacy of what they're selling you. Obviously, there's plenty of products and programs out there selling this type of message. I'm not saying that all of it is wrong. I'm just saying that we need to be more critical about what we're seeing. Just be wary of it when there's this idea of a quick fix because the if if let's say they're saying you can have this quick fix and but you can continue to eat normally as long as you consume their product that's something you need to question or it seems like whatever they're marketing whatever they're selling to you the program or the product is you can lose weight easily without any effort that's something that you need to think about. Is it really, right? It's like the those slim spas that I used to try to go to. I literally just sat there and apparently I don't have to do anything and they will just, you know, use the their fat dissolving machine and and then I will somehow lose weight. The reality, guys, is that if you want to be healthy, if you want to lose weight, if you want to 
perform at your best, be at your best physically, physiologically, it takes work, okay? There's no such thing as a shortcut. There's no such thing as a quick fix. That's what I always say. And then the other thing that I want to highlight, products that say that they're sugar-free, fat-free, zero calories, they market themselves as a healthier option. But when they're sugar-free, fat-free, or zero calories, there's no there's no such thing as zero calories because you're actually consuming something, right? So what you need to question is that what chemicals or what things did they need to do? What processes did they need to take in order to make these foods sugar-free, fat-free, or fall as zero calories? Because there's actually a minimum or there's a threshold to different regulations. I think this is different for different countries, but there's a threshold in terms of what you can say as zero calories. Um, but at, at the end of the day, like calories are, are energy, right? So in in the sense that whatever you're consuming, you should kind of question why, why is it sugar-free? Why is it fat-free? And why is it zero calories? Or how has it, how has this thing that is sweet become sugar-free? How has this delicious, creamy, whatever become fat-free? Or um, how has a certain fizzy drink become zero calories? So it's worth questioning these because usually it, I'm not saying that this is a blanket rule for everything and you shouldn't quote me on this. I'm just saying that it's usually very likely that when you are looking at these products that it actually took very specific um, chemical products or processes for it to be this way. So in another sense, I can say that this is much more processed than your average product. So regular, let's say butter, is probably less processed than your fat-free butter, you know, because it it took more for it to become fat-free or it took more to become less fat. So just be aware that sometimes these things that appear to be healthier for you may not in fact be healthier. What we want to think, always go back to is the quality and the source of where your foods are coming from. So there's also this idea that a lot of the diet and weight loss companies try to latch on are the trends. So when gluten-free became a thing, a lot of products out there started to put labels on their um, products saying we're gluten-free. But it's also worth noting that some of these products didn't didn't even ever have gluten in it. So... <laughs> Why do you need to say that you're gluten-free when you were never even gluten-free? Sorry, when you were when you were never even when you never even had any gluten in your product, why do you need to say that you're gluten-free now? So sometimes it's just a marked marketing gimmick. These are just some of the things that you should be aware of. And I'm not saying that all gluten-free products are like this. I'm just saying that some are like this. And again, we need to approach things critically. 
And so these are just some of the things that I've learned over the years to whenever I'm picking up something in the store, I just want to read the labels. I want to think critically. I want to look at the details that I can so that I'm fully conscious and fully aware of what I am buying and what I am eating and what I am consuming. And like, for example, for those of you who are celiacs out there, obviously it's a different story and you want to buy things that are gluten-free. And so I understand why this label might be important for you, but for other people out there, it's just something to work to note that sometimes this is just a marketing gimmick it's it's the same sense of how um sunscreen how our body can really only absorb our skin can really only absorb i think 15 spf i think it's 15 or 20 don't quote me on that but it's about 15 or 20 but the products out there will have the 50 spf the you know 40 f 100 spf and it's making the bottles more expensive. And this is actually just, it's not because our our skin can really only absorb 15 to 20 SPF. So we don't actually need the 100 or 50 SPFs. It's just a way to get us to, to buy the more expensive product. And so these are just some of the things that we need to think about because the diet industry at the end of the day is a powerful industry. And in some regards, it also interacts with the health and wellness industry. And so some people might not even recognize the difference. But the cloud of confusion is caused by the fact that this multi-billion dollar industry appears to resemble the health and wellness industry. And what becomes hard as a consumer is how to identify these differences. So what you need these are some practical strategies that you need to think about. But just a recap, this let me share you some quick list. Quick and short-term solutions is what you need to be wary about. Short-term commitment to achieve optimum results is something you need to really think about because there are no short, shortcuts to wellness. Real health is constant progress. There's always room to improve and do better. And if the messaging is about minimal commitment to reap optimal rewards, then this is something you need to question. It might be and likely a fad. Or achieving a specific drop in weight within a specific time frame and, and gives you a blanket solution for everyone out there. Let me tell you, there's no such thing as a one solution for everybody. And this is why I always advocate for self-discovery and making your journey your own. Because at the end of the day, you are unique. I am unique. We all have different bodies we all have different histories we all have different dnas and context to our health and well-being so everything that i do in my on my channel everything that i do through my website on my instagram is really about advocating finding your own journey to health and wellness so i hope this episode is helpful to you and as usual, at the end of each episode, I'm going to ask you a question that will stimulate some introspection in you. This week's question is, what are some of the lies you've fallen victim to from the diet and weight loss industries? And what are you going to do to course correct? I also want to share one more resource on my website, www.thehappyhue.com, where you can submit any questions you may have anonymously directly on my website at Submit to Ask the Hue. It's a column on wellness where I share my perspectives through questions and answers.
and that I'll be answering to the best of my knowledge and expertise. This is a resource that I wish I had when I first was starting out in my journey of health and wellness and fitness. I wish I could just ask someone. So I hope this helps you. I hope this helps the readers that reads the questions and answers. So go onto the website, check it out, submit your questions, and I will be there to answer it. By the way, I'd like to stay transparent in saying that nothing I talk about on my podcast should ever substitute as any medical advice. I am a certified coach, not a registered doctor, so the content of my episodes, although based on facts, are a reflection of my experiences as a fitness professional and of my own wellness journey. All the advice shared are meant to be as general advice and opinions. So if you're making any decisions that will impact your health, make sure to consult with a medical professional.